Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the game. It's just me and Michael Jello today. It's a different, it's a different uh, episode. Right now we're going to do a remember when and talk about Stratomatic Baseball. When times were happier, Mike, when, when we were kids and, and didn't worry about who was showing up and who was going to play and, and all of that. Yeah, we did have strikes and all that. But when you think about this game, you don't think about those other things, or at least I don't. Well, it's, it's weird because I was thinking, you know, because I've been in a Stratomatic Baseball League for over 35 years since I was in grammar school. Same league. Most wow. of, you know, four or five, four or five guys are original members. And wait, wait. And so I have to ask: Did anybody die? Is that why they're not all original members at this point? Uh, actually, a couple, a couple people have passed away. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. I mean, it, um, one original member uh, had MS, and he, okay. he passed away like 15 years ago. But no, no. I mean, just you know, in in the course of life, you know, yeah, you, know, if yeah. you, you get married and you have kids, as though you don't have time yeah. for Stratomatic anymore. But, yep. uh, but I, I'm rem- I was just struggling to remember like what we did in you know '94 when the you know there was no they they didn't I think they stopped mm-hmm. playing it in, in August and yeah all we did all we all we did was because our our league had a rule where whatever the whatever the batter had in terms of at bats if he had over 500 bats you know you could basically use them every day and you could have. Mm-hmm play 700 at bats he was unlimited there was no limitations on him but if a player was under 500 at bats that we would have like he would we would get like 120 percent of whatever his at bats were for the season you couldn't go over that or overuse them that year we had to increase the percentage because they didn't play almost two months of the season so yeah that makes sense we've never had, we, we've never had seasons where we had to adjust um because a complete season is gone, and if that's the case, then in this particular league, we're probably going to use the 2019 cards all over again because there's not going to be any 2020 cards. Well, you think there's not going to be any. Like, well, and, you never know. And, Most likely there's not. But Right. And if, and if there is, and if they only play 48 games, then we're probably going to have to use like completely different uh, tabulations in terms of what an unlimited right. player is and how many innings a pitcher can pitch because we'll play a 162-game schedule, not a 48-game schedule. So anyway. Yeah, I think I'm going for – I probably played for like, I want to say five to ten years religiously. And then for whatever reason, maybe it was just before college, we started to get out of it in my neighborhood. Um, but – I remember, you know, vividly having the drafts. The draft was always a big deal. And as we got older, um, we started putting money into it. But the only problem with that was if somebody drafted a shitty team, guys would drop out. So then we had to come up with rules, like, (laughs) to, to stop that from happening. But if anybody ever wonders why I put so much work or where I got it, 
where I got the ability to put so much work into like the NHL draft, it was the Stratomatic draft. Like that's yeah, where I initially put a lot of work into it. As a, you know, I was young. I was I probably started at like seven or eight because my brother's three years older and we all played and then played it for a while. And so I, you know, I was a stats fiend back then and got as much as I could from things, you know, like baseball encyclopedia from the newspaper, everything else, just to sort of get ready. Yeah, I mean, well, it's funny because, um, and I, I didn't, I, I didn't buy the Bill James abstract. No, um, me neither. It, yeah, but uh, when, you know, because I mean, obviously, I wanted to be competitive with my with my uh, with my friends and try to win. I've won three world championships in the pool that I'm in over 35 years. That's not great, but it's, <laughs> it's you know, not great. It, it's, but I, but the funny thing is, is like I have the second most championships in the in the league. It's like okay. one guy, my one guy has got like eleven, and then I've got three, and another guy's got three, and another guy's got three. So it's like it's, okay. and then a lot of former members have have one or two. So it's been spread out, but uh, one guy has dominated throughout. And the way he dominated is he, you know, he did a lot of research, and I started doing the same thing. I started, I, you know, I would by a book uh, by a guy named John Sickles, who, uh, who ended up, I think he's working for The Athletic now. He's at his own website, okay. and he does his own player evaluations. And, you know, <laughs> in, my, in my pool, it's like if a guy had an at-bat, one at-bat in the major league season, you can draft them. So, right. you know, our, our first round of our draft are not guys who got great cards. They're, they're guys who uh, are prospects, just like in a fantasy pool. So, you have, uh, but, but we never played for money. It's always been for fun and for the love of the That's game. That's interesting, and, yeah, because we played for fun initially, and then as we started to get money from, like, paper routes and stuff and some of the older players, then we, yeah, we did throw money into it. Yeah, uh, but but see, then then it becomes just like fantasy sports, and but this is all pre fantasy sports, right? Because like I was there yeah. at the beginning of fantasy sports too, and I was a commissioner, and I was doing like hand written statistics, oh. right? And you know, similarly to what I would do in this league, is I would track my stats too to see what would happen, and and so yeah, I mean, all of that was manual, was all done by hand, but we um. Having grown up on Long Island, obviously it was a hotbed, and and Glenhead was about 25 minutes away. And I think one or two years, we actually waited online to get get the guys right, you know, right when they were released. But if well, you didn't wait for that, because we lived yeah. so close, we would get them the next couple of days. Yeah, it, it was it was always, and you know, this is it, it sounds a little pathetic, but it's like you'd you'd order the cards, you'd send it to either. You'd, you'd, well, I used to call. Their their five one six area code. Yeah, that's, and, that's and, Long Island. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and order it, and then you know they'd say forty eight to seventy two hours, and I'd be you know coming home from school <laughs> and looking for the UPS truck waiting for yeah. them to deliver the deliver the cards. Now this is before the computer game, so it was just right. and you'd get this you'd get this inch thick block of serrated cards. Yep. And then, and then you'd you know you'd go through and fold them and do, and, and rip them up and and, and there's nothing fancy them. about them right they didn't have any they never spent money on logos they didn't even do like clip art they didn't do anything like there, there's you know like not like baseball cards where at least they were visually appealing there's nothing visually appealing about a Stratomatic card no the only the only thing that they did was 
the left side, you know, the left-handed batter was blue. The right-handed right. batter was red on the card. I mean, I remember I I played Stratomatic so far back that I remember when they didn't have its they didn't have splits. They had right. Le- it was just it was not lefty and righty. It was just a a whole card, and that's all you used. And you know, I think they wanted to be more accurate, and they had the splits at that. And we would lose. So they, the, I don't know if, if you guys were bad like we were because we'd have a lot of different teams so you know we'd all break off into different groups and stuff we would start losing the splits over the course of a summer oh god i well i it's funny because i i ended up like making my own we first we used a 20 sided eventually we used a 20 sided dice for like okay like sing, single one to 17 you'd roll the dice yeah. uh i i basically took the the bottom of like a shoe box and cut 40 circular uh, uh, pieces of cardboard shaped. Uh, one side was white, one side was gray. The white side, I made the stitches for baseball, and the other side, I would have, I'd do 1 through 20, so I made my own splits. Okay. Interesting. And, yeah, I don't know if we ever did that or not. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing, of course, the thing, the thing was, my friends, when I would pull a single 1 to 2, they would think I was somehow fixing it. It's like right. I, I don't know how the hell you'd you know what I, I was dealing from the bottom like uh, like Edward Norton and Rounders or something. It's like you know, yeah, it would be on. hard to like put a groove or do something to the splits. And and you know to be honest, the ones that you made were probably better quality than what you got because they were like paper thin well, garbage. They, they they lasted. It was I mean it was thick it was thick cardboard. So. I don't think but it was then, was it that thick. I mean, or the ones you made were thick. The, the ones I made. Oh no, the ones that yeah. they made were. Like, they were lousy, were, weren't they? Yeah. They were like they were like about uh, an inch and a half by three inches, and I think they were pink. Yeah. They were pink or or like orange, orange. and they had like a, yeah. right, and they had like a num- just like a number in black on the other side, and it was like yeah, uh, wouldn't you? And yeah, you you'd start losing them, and yeah, um, that's why we eventually went to the twenty sided dice, and good luck trying to you know trying to control the dice roll on a twenty sided dice. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, so, I thought a fun exercise for this would be to to talk about like strategy and when you were looking forward to somebody's card. And so, you know, I'm I'm older than you, so I'll, I'll go back. I I went and found a few on the internet, and so I found like the '73 Nolan Ryan card, and that was the yeah. year he struck out 383. Like that was a big deal. And just to give you an idea, in my neighborhood. The argument used to be, like, I would argue for Seaver, somebody else would argue for Ryan, somebody else would argue for Vita Blue. And right. I generally won the argument, but there were some years that Ryan put up that were just incredible, and Vita Blue the same, and, and Seaver was always pretty great every year. But it was when the other guys got closer that it become, became a, bit, a better argument. But when you look at this Ryan card, um, you know, the amount of strikeouts but from like 6'6 six, six to 6'9 six, are strikeouts. And, you know, conversely, though, from 4'8 to 4'10 are all walks. And 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 you, I, I don't remember you getting the 4'8 to 10s a lot, but that 5'11 walk, that used to come up a lot, it seems. And so, you know, Ryan used to hurt you sometimes, but, you know, he didn't give up a lot of hits. He, you know, he, he, if, he, if he didn't walk so many, it wouldn't be so bad, the card, but... You know, it was still he was still pretty effective, and you know he would get these big strikeout games because we would keep the uh, the stats in like a spiral notebook. Yeah, I mean, the, now got to remember, and I think I told you this before, you know, this this morning when we were talking about doing this, that 
you know, I had I had guys like uh, my reputation in, in my league was to basically I traded almost every day until I got the player that I wanted. I would just keep making deals and making deals and making deals and trading draft picks. And I, the thing is, I don't trade draft picks anymore because I actually value them. But back then, yeah, you know, I was trade I was trader Mike, and and sometimes I would make it. Sometimes I would make a deal that I, I still don't know how I how I was able to pull it off. Uh, and one of my best friends, I tr- he was looking for a cheap left-handed, left-handed starter, mm-hmm. uh, and John Tudor was with the Dodgers at that point after the Cardinals, oh. and he had and he had like he had like a year where he had like a hundred and some some innings, and he was really really good, and mm-hmm. I needed a pitcher with innings, so I I traded John Tudor to my friend Chuck for this uh, innings eater from the Cubs named Maddox. <laughs> and I got Greg Maddox when he was 23, and I had him for whatever how many years were left in his career. I mean, I, through the Cubs, through the through, wow. the through the Braves, all the way. I kept him all the way to to the end. Those see, those are the deals that you savor because it's just you sort of lucked into. Oh, I mean, I liked Maddox. Yeah. I thought he was a good player, but I didn't know it was going to be that. And you know. and to be fair, like Tudor against lefties was really good. I'm sure, and so. Well, this, well, this is the this is the thing I was going to say. It's like in my league, and you got to remember, it was, there were twelve teams in this league. There were it was you know talking about a major leagues of any anywhere from twenty five or whatever to thirty teams. Um, and we're play, so we're play, basically playing in an all star league. In this league, a left even if it's Randy Johnson, a left handed starter is a liability because you can load yeah. up your lineup with so many righties who are good against lefties, and only in the last few years. Have they sort of balanced it where the right-handed batters, even if their stats are really good against lefties, they balance it accordingly based on you know how like home runs per at bats or whatever percentages they use. So it's yeah. not so one-sided. You could load up like nine Steve Balbonis because he was like <laughs> he was like you know had like tons of like almost an entire column of home runs against lefties. You right. can't do that anymore. But it used to be okay. able to do it, and it made it made lefties were almost worthless in our league. Okay, interesting. So yeah, so we move on from the Ryan card. Um, I pulled up another one, and this is a uh, a Brett Butler card from '88. Oh, yeah. Now I was out of the game already, but we had this talk where if you could get a guy that had speed and walked a lot mm-hmm. uh, and got some hits, and that they were worth their weight in gold. And I got to tell you, this card. Brett Butler with with the Giants was worth his weight in gold because, you know, he's double A stealing, running one to seventeen. He had he was like my leadoff hitter. Yeah, I had. he had three six to three ten walks, two five to to two ten all hits. Like that's mm-hmm. just unbelievable. Yeah, no, he was uh, he was my leadoff hitter. He was I think he was like a one even arm or a one minus one, um, and you know, so he was a one center fielder. He could steal bases. Um, he could actually run. he was a two. He was a two center. That year he was a two. Okay, because he was yeah. a, he was a, he was a one when it, when he was in Atlanta. Maybe so. Maybe yeah. his number his defense drifted off. But yeah, he, I mean he was a he was a great, good to great defensively, and he just was a walking machine. So it's like, and you know, like I told like I told you, I had like Sandberg and Ozzie Smith as my middle infield. So I had Brett Butler. Up at center field, so I had ones on defense up the middle, and I think I had Lance Paris at Paris at catcher, who was a one or a two. So I had ones just completely up the middle. Yeah, I mean, 
in all reality, Brett Butler shouldn't have been this dangerous. I mean, nice year, 27 doubles, 9 triples, 6 homers, 287 average, but the 97 walks, that's mm-hmm. what pretty much throws him over the top here, and that was like the, the secret sauce at, at Stratomatic because, like, again, you know, Brett Butler was not a dominant leadoff hitter type, but for this, for these purposes, he really was. Yeah, no, I mean, the Stratomatic, the the winning formula for Stratomatic at that point was basically Moneyball, was essentially find players who walked. And I, I discovered that early on. Now, I, didn't, like, dis- I wasn't the original because the guy who was winning all the championships had Wade Boggs and other guys who walked a ton. And I'm like, okay, there's something to this. So I, I have to go down this road. And, you know, I had Brett Butler. Ozzie Smith walked a ton. My first baseman for most of the 80s was Keith Hernandez, who walked, you know, usually between 80 to 100 walks a year. If yeah. you had a guy who walked, the guy who walked was valuable no matter how many home runs he hit because you could use him at the top of your order and you just if you had two or three home run hitters they were the table setters so I mean I discovered early on that walks were beautiful so I did find a Schmidt card and it wasn't like his best year but I did we were talking about Schmidt and so I found a uh, an 84 which is a nice year for him I mean 23 doubles three triples 36 homers uh, 92 walks doesn't say RBIs never did, but 116 strikeouts. So, you know, it was a little bit of a mixed bag there. But but still, Mike Schmidt, after a while, and this was the difference between Schmidt and like a Kingman, after a while Mike Schmidt got the primo areas for home runs. So like a 1-8, 1-7 is a homer with a split, so it's most likely a homer but not necessarily. 1-8 was a homer. Like those were good areas for homers where the year, you know, the Kingman broke his thumb, uh, I think it was like one two to like one five were homers yeah. and two two to two two to two four or something like that. And it's like it's hard to pull it was hard to to, to get those numbers. But I, Schmidt, I, I would yeah, I think I would after a while sorry, I was just gonna say I think after a while, um, they gave those areas to guys that were continually great, it seemed. Well, okay. I, and I would love to talk to somebody who actually, you know, had something to do with making the cards or, you know, devising the, the method of how. Because it it seemed to me that the players, and I'll, I'll pull out a couple names. Tony Armas uh, mm-hmm. had a ridiculous, I don't know if it was with Oakland or with Boston, but I think he hit like in the 40s in terms of home runs. Okay, and he and he was really good defensively, center fielder. I'm gonna say and, it's probably with Oakland, my right. guess. Right, uh, you know, and he had a few years like that, and he had a respectable average. I think it was in the 270s. Uh, you know, so him, a guy like Gary Gaetti, who had a couple big years with with Minnesota. These mm-hmm. guys, and and they, they didn't walk a ton. They always seemed the, the and guys like Kingman. They always seemed to have the home runs at the ends of columns. Like it would mm-hmm. be, I remember Armas was like two, eight, nine, ten, eleven, yeah. and then like, right. But guys like Schmidt or guys like, um, let's see, who would be another guy? Um, they would have uh, a one five and a one six home run, then one seven, one eight, yeah. one nine single. Which is the primo would, spots? Those were the best spots. The, Right, which is the primo spots, and then they'd have a single on two six, and then the three column would be walks and singles. 
right. depending on how how high there there was a formula for that. There was a, then then there was another one where it was all two column from like two five to two ten, and then hits on the three column. There were different formulas for different players, but it didn't seem to be. It didn't. There was no rhyme or reason. But I always saw that the slugger, that the kingman, that the you know, Alvin Davis or somebody like that, they would always have the home runs at the ends of the columns. And it, it made it tough. Like, it was psychological, but it made it tougher for me. I was like, oh, my God, I, how in the hell am I going to roll a 2-9? Like right, it's, right. It's easy to roll 1-5 or 1-6. It's tougher to roll 2-10. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah. It, no question. It's all percentages, but it, may, it makes no sense. But it, it, that's what it was. Right. So, again, going back to this Schmick card, so in 84 – he plays one game at shortstop, so you could use him at shortstop. I hated that. And he played two games at first base, so you could use him at first. Now, again, he was a four there, but still, if you could put a dominant hitter there, I, I did it. But I, I don't like the fact that they did that a lot. One or two yeah, games, you should never allow a guy to play that position. Right, but see, I mean, that hurt. That hurt you know, if you have a four E48 at shortstop. That's at short, you wouldn't do it. At first, it's not going to kill you. No, 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 and and see nowadays they've even increased it, so there's even an even worse defensive. It's it's a, it goes up to five now. Guy, a guy who plays one inning of one game at at a certain position gets a five on defense, which is basically yeah. you know like Bill Buckner in Game Six. I mean that that <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but 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 no, but there, there are in, there are instances, and I um. The guy that I remember, if you remember uh, an infielder from the Minnesota Twins back in the 80s named John Castino. Um, yeah, I remember the name. I can't picture him right this minute, but I do remember the name. Yeah, he, he played very few games at second base, which was a position that was tough to find somebody good offensively at, right. and, and played mostly third. And he got a two on defense at second base when he played like five games there. And that, see, that's what infuriated me because, okay, he was good defensively at third base. Doesn't mean you're good defensively at second base, no matter how well you played in those five games. And they just lazily, at that point, gave him the same defensive rating at third that they gave him at second. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, so the guy who drafted him could, you know, had a second baseman when he was actually drafting a third baseman. And that, that's yeah, I, I just looked him up. I, I do remember him from his baseball card. So, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that, that kind of stuff uh, always helped you win or lose. So here's another card. I did pull a Seaver card from 69 when he won his 25 games. You know, for people who don't know, he was 25-7. and seven. He had a 2-2-1 ERA. Uh, wasn't his biggest strikeout year, 208 strikeouts in 273 innings, only, only 82 walks and, and – 202 hits so his whip is great right and and you look at the card and basically five six to five nine were all strikeouts and you know you look at it and it's like all right you know four five four six i mean four six you're, you're going to get a hit but not a great hit four nine you're going to get a hit but not a great hit and he, he only gave up 24 homers in, in the 273 so you know again the homer was a split from 1 to 12. So, like, you know, that's a, that's a dominant pitcher. And when you threw a guy like that, uh, it was hard. It was hard to, to get anything going. That's when you would probably put in a, a lot of guys that walked and a lot of guys with speed just in case right. because, yeah, you just didn't have a great chance. 
Well, the one thing I'll give credit to Stratomatic over the last, and it's been around for a while, but um, what they've done is they've added little gimmicks to to sort of balance things out a bit. Uh, okay. And what they what they've done is, and you, you remember, like on certain um, certain ground balls on on the pitcher's card, there would be a plus or, the, mm-hmm. or an asterisk, and yep. if the pitcher was weak, that became a a, a two a two star single, a single yep. uh, where the batter advances two bases. Two bases, yeah, and there, right. it was on these cards too, in the in the even in the right. late sixties. Over the over the last few years, what they have done is they put a little a dot next to certain items on the card, which is considered a ballpark. A ballpark, and okay. what it is is basically depending on how many home runs were hit in Coors or at Yankee Stadium, there was a there was a ballpark single and a ballpark home run, and those outs become ballpark singles or ballpark home runs okay. depending on what your ballpark is in the, in particular, like I have Yankee stadium and mm-hmm. of course, you know, left-handed hitters have the advantage. Left-handed pitchers have a little bit of an advantage, but again, I told you left-handed pitchers are, you know, in, in our league are, are a little bit of a disadvantage because it's so loaded. Um, but you know, I, I think that helped in a way, you know, balance things out because if you had a dominant pitcher, I mean, it's, the game's going to go in about. You're going to finish the game in about a half an hour, even if you're rolling the dice, because it's a strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Like I had Mike Scott, oh, and yeah. th- those games were pretty damn quick, because yeah. you know there were no there were no hits on his card. Although I went to a game and caught Mike Scott scuffing with I had um I did I had binoculars and 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 the umpire actually did go out and, and check him at the mound, but you know. He just kept going, but he, he had it in his thumb hole. There was no question he had sandpaper there. But anyhow, so another card, Juan Gonzalez. Now, this doesn't have the year, but this was one of his dominant years. But it's interesting because where you were talking about the lefty-righty, on the lefty side, he was a homer from 2-4 to 2-7 guaranteed, and then 2-8 was a 1-17, and, and 2-10 was a 1-19. So like, that's a pretty dominant Homer card on the right side. He literally only had two spots, about uh, three spots: two four, two five, two ten, and then so, two yeah. six was a homer, one or a double. So really, you aren't going to get a you know a homer. So that's an unbelievable one-sided card. And his running. This was the other thing that was funny. Like some guys, you had to just take it on the chin with these guys, but. You know, bunting D, hit and run D, running one to eleven. It's like, ugh. Well, the funniest thing was the were the catchers who were running. The, the lowest you could get was one to eight running. Yes. And a guy and a guy like Jody Davis was one yeah. to eight running. So you yeah. know that would automatically make you. And the thing is, you can't hide a guy like that in your lineup. You put him ninth, and then you got a speedster like Brett Butler, uh, and you get a walk, and then you got this this anchor at second base. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, he, Brett Butler's not going to score because Jody Davis can't can't score. So I wonder what year that is. Does, does it say the stats on Gonzalez on that one? Or that one just on doesn't have the stats. Um, so I guess they didn't copy the full card. Let's see. Yeah, I have no way of identifying which yeah, year. But I mean, obviously, obviously, he had some dominant years. Whether they were real or not is a whole other story. But you know, <laughs> that's that's a story for a different show, Mike. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a show down the road. Maybe an ESPN documentary or something close to that. 
Yeah. So another card that I never saw, but I wanted to look at some modern-day ones. So Araldus Chapman from 14, um, 106 strikeouts in 54 innings, only 21 hits allowed, only 24 walks. And, you know, 6'4 to 6'12 is all strikeouts. Now, 4'8, mm-hmm. 4'9, and 5'6, 8, 9, like the odds of you – getting a hit against him are so nil, um, you know, he couldn't bat, so that's fine, but not, you didn't need him to bat. But, like, you probably couldn't keep him in more than one inning, though, either. Yeah, then everything well, weakened. right, and, and in, certain, in certain pools or in, in certain leagues, uh, you, you really couldn't, um, based on endurance, Right. Uh, he would be. You see, the thing is, even if after he got weak, his card was so good. Yeah, it's that still pretty good. Keep, you'd want to keep him in, but he only he only had uh, fifty five, fifty six innings that year. So it, yeah, uh, yeah, fifty four innings. Yeah, yeah. twenty one twenty one hits in fifty four innings, and he only and he only walked twenty four. So I mean, it's. It's obs- that card was obscene, and but I, you know, funny thing is, in our in our league, somebody who drafted him was one of the worst teams in the league, so it was sort of wasted. You know, they have this ace in the bullpen, and you know, he's got no. He, the, I think the team only won like sixty or sixty-five games, so it was pretty much a waste because, you know, that would be the ace for a great team to be the finishing touch, and it was sort yeah. of wasted on that guy. So it looks like it looks like they did make ninety-four cards. Oh yeah, it's just they, okay. they were limited. They, they were limited based on they only played until until August. It's just like like I said, it's like for yeah. I, I think what we did that year is instead of 500 at bats being unlimited, it was 400 at bats because you know most most players who were everyday starters only got over 400 at bats. They had to adjust that for you know the batting title and things like that because usually there's a percentage of at bats per game or whatever that uh, that determines if you're eligible for the batting title or not. Right. Um, now, at the start of Sportsology, and, and I'm, I'm laughing because I see it says Stratomatic slash APBA um, provide old school. So APBA is still around, but and I went to an APBA convention up in, um, up in Lehigh Valley in Allentown. I covered that, and it was interesting. I'm surprised they're still around, but I I don't get the feeling they're as popular as Stratomatic. Well, wasn't there another one called Pursue the Pennant? Yeah, I don't even know that one. Yeah, I, I think there was another game. I never played that one. I never played APBA. It was always Strat. It was I, like my friend. Now, is Strat a New York thing? Like, is is Stratomatic popular outside of New York? Well, the league that I was the the, the, the long time league I was in had people from Michigan, from okay. California, the hockey league I was in. Yeah, hockey uh, I could see being you know popular. Yeah, I mean I, I, I had some somebody from Jersey, somebody from Fresno, California, uh, and people in British Columbia and all over the place. Okay. And believe me, my phone my parents knew about that because of the phone bill <laughs> I rang up when I was eleven years old. So you played a game over the phone. Well, no, 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 no. I I was trying to make trades. So oh, you're I'm trying to make trades. Yeah, but how would yeah, you I'm, play a guy from British Columbia? Is my point. He would he, he would uh, provide you with a um, 
uh, with a str- with a sheet with a uh, oh yeah what he was going to do that's right well, yeah strategy he give you your he give you your, like it, with with baseball here's your here's my lineup against lefties here's my lineup right. against righties here's the you know when do you pull this guy you know a strategy sheet that's and you didn't was. cheat you didn't cheat at no. all Mike never N- not a baseball hockey I did a little bit like I told you <laughs> you know like I wanted to beat Wayne Gretzky for the for the scoring title one year so Mark Napier scored a hundred and some odd goals and beat Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> That's just an evil plot at that point. I was not going to let that son of a bitch win. <laughs> <laughs> that is really just an evil plot. So what are you going to do if there is no baseball and you don't get the cards that you're looking for? Because that is always a fun part of winter. Like, hey, I, I want to see the cards before they come out. Our league's going to start. Like you said, you're going to repeat the same cards if they don't play. But you're right. going to probably be like a little down, right? It's going to be like a bummer. Well, yeah, and, 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 and the other thing is, like, you got to think of it this way. This is waste, wasting a year. Like, I, I, I have Aaron Judge, and I know Aaron Judge has been hurt off and on the last few years, and he's yeah. basically had about 300 and, between 350 to 375 at-bats every year, so he's never playing. He's never un, an unlimited guy. But this is, you know, this is a year off of his career. I mean, he's in his – Mid twenties. So this is a, a valuable year in his prime. It's like, so I mean, that's the, for not just the not just stratomatic players, but for these major league teams, this is a wasted yeah. year of the prime of a lot of their. I mean, the Yankees just spent thirty five million dollars a year on Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's twenty nine. He's in the prime of his career, and if they don't play this year. He's going to be a thirty-year-old pitcher who hasn't pitched in a year next year. When they if if they start next year. So here's something that I don't know if you've ever considered, but I'm, I guess I'm a little surprised. Like you could buy the old Strat cards. I get that, right? And and this guy has like rare, you know, cards from '59, '60, but they don't tear them. So clearly they're trying to treat them like baseball cards, and they actually made team team bags for the cards, like oh baseball God. cards. And it's like I don't know. That seems like it's and I you know look, I collect cards. I have them. I have tons of them. Um, that seems like it's going a little too far. I don't collect. I mean, I had Strat cards, and after a couple of years of like them, I, I would put them back in the, you know, in that uh, bag that the that UPS would send them in. I would just put them back in in their rubber bands and put them in, like on the shelf somewhere. Then after a couple of years, I would throw out the cards because I would never go back and play old seasons. It was always the current right. year. And, you know, you've been handling these cards. So, you know, I don't think this is something that's being graded by uh, whatever the grading agency is now for, you know. The, yeah, for the, PSA. The yeah, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny. And I also see, like, here's a guy selling um, current bid with six days left, 1970 Strat cards, uh, Reds cards, Pirates, Cubs, Orioles, Red Sox, Twins. He's showing Rose and Gibson. Uh, you know, it's nice to do that, but the Orioles were the were the team actually, and forty bucks. So you, this is probably going to sell for like fifty to seventy five bucks. Eh, good luck to them. I I I wouldn't waste my money. I mean, <laughs> you know, I had the like, you know, I mean, I like, and the funny thing is now with the computer game, you could order the computer game with the cards if you wanted yeah. the cards and. And I'm and my one friend gets gets the set, but he he has the the car the computer game on his computer. But you can have the card image 
on the computer game too, so you can go back and look and look at the computer image of the car. Of the car. Yeah, I had my cousin show me that a couple of years ago, and I'll say the computer game is not bad. It, it wasn't no. bad. It was actually pretty good, and and it was a nice um, way to do it. But I'm just surprised. Like here's here's one. Okay, two hundred nineteen dollars or best offer. 78 Stratomatic Baseball original issue complete base set plus 62 dated box. So you get the 62 set and the 78 for $219. No way, man. I could think of a lot more. I could buy a, I could buy a, 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 a stereo receiver for my brother for about that. I'd rather do that than buy a set of Stratomatic cards in 1978 i mean i you know i mean maybe like i i enjoyed them when i played them but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna treat them like a collector's item now it's it, I, yeah I, I don't know people will collect anything so I, I people guess. will collect anything and that's that's the point of it but all right we just wanted to reminisce a little bit about stratomatic and sort of like de-stress from the bad day of baseball that happened and and i think we did our job yeah, and speaking of bad day of baseball, I just looked at the TV and Rob Manfred is on, so there you go. All right, and that's it for the game. We'll catch everybody next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.